Welcome back, adventuring addicts, to more of the back-to-back -back high fantasy action of the League of Ultimate Questing. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. With me, as always, is the eminent and often audacious orc among orcs, Stormclad Thundertongue. It's been a few years since the Academy. Vocabulary was never my strong suit. But did you just call me fat? Far from it, Storm. We just finished watching the Green Flame Ascending in another of their high-stakes legendary-ranked adventures, battling a legion of animalistic flesh golems controlled by a powerful blight druid. Storm, what was your take on the strategies utilized by the GFA? Well, the flame starts out strong, scattering into a lawn to march shuffle. Mm -hmm. Keeps them distracted and stops you getting surrounded. Right. Then they pull a Kestermine fire alarm. A solid play when the arcane artillery starts coming down. Then they use a Chimerian Blitz to force yep. the enemy back, and then they just get Getsu drift up to the big cheese and wrap it up with a good old-fashioned Sambelliar and standoff. Only my cartography teacher can see me now. Suck eggs, Mr. Dinderton. Well, you couldn't ask for a more thorough explanation than that, Storm. Now let's check back in on a bright headlining hero-ranked team that you've all come to know and appreciate, the Mortal Dawn. They've been battered, swallowed, broken up, and rebuilt, but they're still going strong. They're in the middle of a four-part mini-quest-a-thon that's proven to be full of danger and intrigue. They're knocking down so many damn quests they should win a stuffed bear for the man in the box what smells like cabbage. Um... You know, like, I don't know, carnival, knocking down, uh, ducks. That's not my best flavor. Damn, no little funnel cake. And just like Funnel Cake, we'll now see if the Mortal Dawn's next quest covers them in sweet sparkling riches or burns them to an oily crisp when the heat is on. Let's check in on them now. Ugh, I can't believe I managed to make a Funnel Cake analogy. <laughs> no kidding. That was a real Thandon hammer. <laughs> The Mortal Dawn had made their way to the Leone capital of Inlakes to help find the whereabouts of some missing children, but to do so, they had to enter the mind of a madman. Therein they saw some dark images, learned the truth about his intent, and helped to banish a demon that had possessed him. They find their way back via Woodrow, traveling quickly along the coastline to their home base of Lucinilli, and the next morning, after a full rest in their home apartment, they greet a new dawn with once again a fresh hobgoblin breakfast prepared for them, and Maven sits in waiting with some paperwork, casually sipping some vermouth. Good morning, everyone. Maven, it's 8 a.m. That doesn't matter if you didn't sleep. Mm, that smells delicious, though. Mm. It is good vermouth. Oh, you mean the food, yes. Well, Jean-Pierre is top of his game. So, that went very well, I assume. You all seem to have got it done in a day. That's kind of the intent behind these mini-quests I've been lining up. I only hope that this is the kind of thing that furthers our... Uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Popularity? Reputation? Da. I would hope so. You've certainly made some new friends in Inlakes, especially with the local guards. Recovering missing children is a good mark in the favor of your team, especially amongst people like those of the Leonids. We've made inroads in Inlakes, you say? Very much so. <laughs> so what do you think is next? When was that airship taking off? It could be any time between a week and two weeks. Oh. Out of curiosity, are any of these quests time-sensitive? Like, if we do not do one, is another team going to take it out from under us? If you wait too long, I think the escort quest might be taken away. You should have maybe a week to get that one done. But that one would be worth investing some of our backup funds into a minor teleportation across Leone. Duh. Do you know what happened to um that sandy blonde gentleman from before? Grigori. Grigori, yes. The word has not made it to the news yet, but I'll keep an eye out and let you know. Oh, please do. Thank Certainly. you. Well, as much as I would like to do the dungeon delve, I'm guessing that you would like to get on the airship. 
Yes, but it sounds like it might not be for a while. Did it say when those folks are taking off, the troopers? It's around a week for the troopers. Luckily, they booked far in advance knowing what their route would be. In about two weeks maximum for the airship, they can do some extra maintenance and precaution taking. Well, you might get your wish. I know Chris and Artyom wanted to loot the dungeon. The longer we leave it unlooted, the more likely it is another team would take it. It is ripe for the taking. I'm sure it's not reserved for us. I like dungeon. This is my personal preference, but I leave it to you. Oh, I think it could be a little fun going in, yes? Dungeon it is. Dungeon it is. Very good. The location that you are meant to go for the dungeon is Pradain Alcara. You've been there once before. It's very close to the Leonin border, barely into the desert itself. That should be maybe 10 days travel if you go by horse or wagon. But you said if we do not do escort quests within a certain time period, then it might fall off? It might, yes. Yeah, is it is it too late to change my mind now? No, we can also invest in a teleportation there as well. We have that access now. Mm. This is a difficult choice. So, well, we could go to the dungeon. We have time to wait before the troopers are leaving. And uh, if we need to pay them, there's always delightful hordes of blubbery (laughs) 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 Booty abounds below. Booty abounds. Da, there is booty. I'll drink to that. He's <laughs> taking a sip. We can teleport there. Can we teleport back afterwards? That might be a little trickier. Although, he says, pulling out a little map out of his coat pocket, if you take Woodrow through the Maiden's Breath to Camdella, that would shorten the trip. You might be able to make it there in four days. Duh. And if we finish it and one get back and forth, maybe we will not lose the escort quest? You should be able to teleport there just in time. Good. I always love a ticking clock. Can you gather more information, maps, something about the escort route while we're away? Certainly, yes. I can have that ready for you for the next time. Awesome, thank you. Let's go to this dungeon. Yeah. It's been a while since we've hit the dungeon. Well, no, that is literally the last big thing we did was dungeon. I'm kind of idiot right now. (laughs) Well, I suppose you can count that prison as a dungeon, yes. So you are to contact someone named Mr. Hendrickson, representing a couple of nobles. They are in Pradane, which is mostly made of small camps and settlements temporary on the way to the desert or back down south to Leone. There shouldn't be too many people there, so it should be easy to find. I'm very excited. I don't think Hendrickson is an Alcaran name. It sounds more Dornish. It sounds a little bit Leonin to me, too, but they have a lot of similar nomenclatures. Well, if you take Woodrow to Camdella, travel through the river, you should be able to head north from there. Let us go. Yes. Very good. So you are all making your way down to the dock as you once again get onto Woodrow. He's like, oh, I get to ferry you along again so soon. What a delight for old Woodrow. You ever been to the Maiden's Breath? It's a very interesting river. You can hardly see from one side to the other. Is that what makes it interesting, or is there anything else? Oh, just beautiful landscape. It's almost like a big, long stretch of ocean that cuts the country right down the middle. If breath makes beauty, then I guess Arvid is a true wonder. Arvid flexes, and there's a glowing light through the clouds. And he dances <laughs> on his bicep, <laughs> and she lovingly... And- Kisses. <laughs> Smooch. And as you're uh, loading into the boat, Artyom, you hear a voice in your head. Hey there, Mr. Uh, Volkov. Bryn? Got your details about the jacket. Oh, okay. I can get that done for about a thousand drac. Da, do it. And that's the whole thing, because you can respond up to 20 words, and it is done. Noise, <laughs> says Artyom. <laughs> just to himself. <laughs> hey, you literally just go to me. Yeah! There's very good money. I can do this. Well, I'm happy to see you too, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Woodrow. Shall we off then? Hang on tight. I don't have seatbelts, so you gotta grip. 
whizzes away at top speed. And you guys travel north this time along the Ivory Coast past Brightwater Bluff. And you see a village filled with some small warehouses with lots of smoke pluming out of chimneys. And it looks like a, a shipyard is constructed there. And you move up north past the Rita Mountains. You can see the desert off in the distance. You turn west into a massive wide river. There are some canals that you pass through that are watched on one side, but what looks like Leonin guards on the other side by Alcaran workers. And the water raises you up and takes you to the next level. You go through a few of those, and there's just trade barges going both directions at all times. So while we're on the boat, I'm training Morty with hand gestures to not bark during these hand gestures. Mm, so go ahead and give me another animal handling check. That's 11. All right. He's still struggling a little bit with the controlled barking, but there's signs of improvement. He's been a good boy on the boat for sure, especially getting good at holding still when you want him to. So, Horathox, we've been on this boat many times. You seem to be faring better. Would you say that too? Uh, I'm getting more used to being up on top of the ocean in the boat, but I will say it's nice to be on the river instead of above dark and endless oceans. <laughs> I was wondering, do you like rivers more than oceans? Yes. Yes? Typically, you can get to the bottom of a river. Fair point. Mm. Even a large river has a bed. The ocean, you never know. Sometimes it just keeps going. Mm. And this is just a hugely industrial river, which leads you to Camdella. It is the largest town in the north of Leone, and it is built on top of the Maiden's Breath, over on huge wooden planks and docks, completely suspended above the river by bridges and stone. You pull into there, you take some stairways, switchbacking up into the city, and you are there at the uh, roadway leading to Pradane, the last vestige of civility before you enter the Breathless Sands. And you make your way out into the very beginnings of the Alcaran Desert. It's a less than a day's travel to Pradane, and there are a series of very small temporary wooden structures that look like possibly a watering hole, a place where a person can get some shade and rest and drink some. Most of that around there is tents, temporary constructions with camels outside. Some people are riding on very large lizards with saddles mounted onto the tops of them. And it looks like there's a kind of a work camp just a little ways out of your shot from the main village. And there's really maybe 20 people within eyesight as you guys stroll in. Hail and well met, travelers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just <laughs> look, look. Apologetically at these guys. And uh, a figure wearing wraps around his face and head jumps up excitedly and says, Ah, welcome. Do you need to purchase some water before you go into the breathless sands? Everyone needs extra water before you travel into the desert. I look at the others. No. No. You are not traveling north to uh, Denmazir then? No. And some of us have magics. Oh, well, very fancy, very fancy then. Uh, is there anything I can help you with? We're looking for Mr. Hendrickson. Mr. Hendrickson. Yes, I think I know this name. Uh, the camp that is just outside of town. There was a man who was doing their bookkeeping and purchasing things for them. He introduced himself as Hendrickson. He must be the one you seek. Unless there's more than one Hendrickson here. Oh, probably not here in Pridane. The... <sighs> I would uh, approach cautiously, though. I think last I saw they were preparing for a funeral. This mm. is delightful. We always seem to come at the wrong time. <laughs> it is not uncommon to die in the breathless sense. The... These things happen. Excuse us. And it's a very short walk over to the camp. And you can, in fact, see what five workers are all surrounding what looks like a very freshly buried pair of graves. There are some wooden markers in front of each one with no carvings or indentations or anything. And there is also a couple of figures who are dressed very nicely that stand out from all of these dirty, downtrodden desert workers. As you approach, you see their hats have been removed from their heads and they're just standing in a moment of silence. 
And then cutting through the silence, you hear a loud voice come out and say, Well, if it isn't the mortal John, what an absolute delight. Why? And then the workers look to Delilah and she says, Oh dear, I'm so terribly sorry. I didn't mean the disrespect at all. I apologize. Desmond, shall we step away? And she says a quick prayer. Uh, Sigmus, bless these graves. Arthax turns to Artyom and just goes, Does your god hate us? Why do we keep running into these people? Gods have nothing to do with these kinds of things. And they come over and Delilah is ready to give whoever wants to hug her a hug as Desmond kind of follows in her shadow. I push Chris forward. I walk up, mm. put their arms down. <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, we put out a little league quest for you. You did this. Well, I... I, I all right, back on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> our worker, whose name is Mr. Hendrickson, took care of all the paperwork. Uh, that would explain why we did not know ahead of time. Well, some of my father's trade workers were on their way to Dan Mazir, and they stumbled across the hidden dungeon. It seemed like it hadn't been uncovered in a very long time, and I thought, who better to delve this than the mortal dawn? And we have to keep it a little bit of a secret. Of course it won't air until after you're done, but we want to get father a present for his name day. And we figured we'd pick out some illustrious treasure from the bottom of a crypt. And of course, you could keep everything else. We just want to choose something, and the rest of it would be all yours. Knowing our luck, they'll grab some kind of horrible cursed object and then have to put in another quest which we'll have to help them with. No, we're not idiots. We can choose smartly. There used to be a lot of sacred <laughs> tapestries down here in the desert. It keeps us in work, at least. Very well. Well, and Delilah had initially been interested in trying to go into the dungeon with you to see how you're working, but I said that's not a good idea, Delilah. They're going to be professionals going about their routine. We'll just get in the way, my Oh, I guess they showed some brains. That's very good. smart of you, Desmond. You were just a coward, Desmond, you fool. But no, yet, he's a very smart man. <laughs> we will wait outside of the dungeon until you're done. You don't have to worry about us. And unfortunately, when they were discovering it, a couple of the workers passed away. Seems it's maybe a little dangerous in there. Passed away from what? We're not sure. What do you mean you're not sure? If they're not wounds, poisoned something? Uh, it looks like they were bludgeoned. But what did it? I have no idea. Okay. You understand that when somebody asks what killed them, we're not exactly looking for a detailed description of the particular instrument. More just that they were murdered versus falling down a hole. Certainly. I mean, it looked like maybe they could have fallen a whole bunch, but uh, there was a staircase. (laughs) 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 It creates this beautiful image of somebody just repeatedly falling down. Just banana peels. Banana peels everywhere. (laughs) Who put all of these rakes here? (laughs) I'm no physician. No, but I am. And you have a terminal case of stupidity. Can we go? <laughs> Absolutely. We can show you right where it is. We've got it marked on a little map, and we have camels ready. She says, unfurling this huge parasol that casts a massive shadow over her, adjusting her bonnet. Shall we, then? I'm ready. Please. Yes. Uh, very good, then. And they both climb onto this dromedary, sitting, like, snuggling together side by side. Right this way. And it kind of lops. And they're both, like, teetering in different directions as it hobbles <laughs> off into the desert. <laughs> both underneath the shadow of her huge parasol. Uh-huh. I want this animated. I want that exact <laughs> image animated. Uh, and you head out about four hours into the desert in the direction of the Rita Mountains, which are far off to the east. And you come to a rocky outcropping. The land here is absolutely arid and rocky and dry. And it seems like it doesn't get a lot of foot traffic, even for people traveling north. They lead you up to one of the rocky outcroppings and say, see, uh, they were over here trying to make a camp and they stumbled across an opening underneath these boulders. Ah, I think it's very easy to uncover. During the during the trip, Hurthax will look at Chris and go, the league has been going for what, 12, 
13 years. About 15 years, give or take. How do you think these unheard of dungeons keep popping up? Do you think the Nexus Enterprise sends out the pentadrones to like plant ancient dungeons out here and then people just happen to find them? And, oh, look, no one's ever looted this dungeon in the thousand year history of Machinar. What a weird coincidence that is. It's a very large continent. It's hard to fabricate ancestry. Mm. Shifting sands uncover many things. Will said. I raise an eyebrow. I'm just like, all nobles fabricate ancestry. Ooh. Well, whenever you're ready, just take a look about. You'll find the opening, I'm sure. We'll wait safely out here. Don't worry, we won't step on your toes. I want that in writing. <laughs> I didn't bring any parchment with me. It's George. Five drags say at some point we're down there and they show up behind us. Please, no. Arvid, get to the dealers. Um, You mean lift this boulder? Duh. Yeah, I love boulders. <laughs> what are your interests? <laughs> boulders. Uh, you, you see a boulder, you think of Arvin, of course. Oh, you mean like bouldering? No. <laughs> Just boulders. Just their existence. Yeah, boulders. Large. Rock. I don't climb them. Just, Just that, that they are. They're, mm. they're so aesthetic. Yes. <laughs> There's... <laughs> Bing, check. 14. That's fine. It looks like it's been recently uncovered, but you managed to move a huge slab out of the way, which leads to a dark and very well-worn-in sandstone staircase. The angles are not quite as sharp as they would have been some many years ago, but they're still descendable. Expertly lifted. Of course. Good lifting technique. You use your legs. It's good. After you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Morty. Artax, I understand that you have some kind of uh, preternatural dark vision. Yep. Perhaps you should go first. All right. And Morty's like sniffing the air down there and kind of wagging his tail a little bit. I don't really have any ability to sense traps, so I cast Armor of Shadows just in case there's poison darts or something. As you begin to carefully tread down the sandstone stairs, the dark shadows cast off the walls kind of peel off and follow along you before they coalesce onto your body. Start sticking to me, and by Mm -hmm. the end I've got scaly shadow armor. Correcto. And you descend the staircase, roughly 30 feet, and you enter a very large dark room. It looks like there were sconces on the wall where torches would have burned a very long time ago, but there is no light being emitted from them. But with your magical dark sight, you can see the walls are carved with images of jackal statues embossed into the stone. In the center of the floor, there's a rusted metal grate that seems to drop off. It's just aged. It seems almost brittle just at a glance. And there is what looks like a pair of wooden and hide thrones that are erected against the back wall. And there is a door that leads out of the south of this room. It's the great, like, manhole-sized or, like, shower drain-sized? It takes up most of the middle of the... Okay, it's big. Like, if if this was, like, a party room, then it would be the dance floor. Okay. Roughly, like, 20 feet across on each side. All right, well, this room seems safe enough so far, anyway. Maybe do not stand on the grate. Yep, I think that's probably a good idea. And uh, go ahead and roll me a perception check, too, while you're looking in the dark. You can roll, too, if you want to descend now. <laughs> Three plus six. Mm, that's not too bad. Eight plus one. So you tied. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can both just see that it leads down into darkness. There's probably a lower level to this under this room at some point. Whatever rusted it means there was probably, like, some liquid on it for a long time. Are you folks trying not to uh, use torches? Should we leave the torches untorched? as you two stand in the darkness and we're just like mm, yep hold on nothing in here <laughs> well it's probably a good idea I, I go ahead and cast light on everybody's like respective choice sure can i make a history check on just like what might have been here oh yeah absolutely you grew up in this area 
We have not made a lot of history checks. Mm-mm. Please be good. Please be good. Ooh. That's good. That is a 19 plus 2 for a 21. That is pretty good. Um, You read many stories growing up, especially about the Rita Mountains, mm -hmm. that there are a lot of gnolls that used to live here. Based on the jackal carvings in the wall, you're guessing this is perhaps what was once a gnoll stronghold of some kind. Not necessarily even a stronghold, just some sort of residence. Well, I don't remember a whole lot, and I'm not really sure, but gnolls used to reside in this region a lot. Maybe this was like a gnoll home? Stronghold something? Stronghold. Stronghold. It's a gnoll hole for sure. <laughs> And I apologize, I said there was one door that leads out of this room. There are actually two on the south wall. Two different doors or double doors? No, they are about five feet apart from each other. Hmm. I'll go up to the left one mm -hmm. and look at everybody else. Give thumbs up. Do we want to look at the thrones before opening doors or just look? You come <laughs> in here with your good ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're here to be stupid. No, let's go ahead. Yeah, this is a good idea. Would you like to investigate? Sure. Yes. Let's we'll see if it's maybe no fur on the throne or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would also investigate. Like investigate anyone who wants to investigate just assist Chris. Roll it for me okay yeah assisting Chris that's good you get to roll twice me oh Arathak is just assisting you the first one was good so that's a total of 20 all right uh studying the thrones it looks like they are in fact made out of some kind of very thick reptilian animal hide but they have rotted long ago the stone underneath the legs of the chair has been softened the sandstone with the repeated application of liquid there's mm. just a little bit of corroding underneath them Interesting. Corrosion under these things. Give a look up. The ceiling is made out of clean sandstone. No carvings on it. Pretty high. Are there any paintings, writing, perhaps? Just the carvings of jackals along the walls. Are they facing all directions? They kind of seem like they're they're moving in a circular rotation, like where one's tail ends, the next one's mouth begins, almost like they're circling in. Mm -hmm. This seems like a whole lot of nothing. I guess so. Yeah. You open the door? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, it's stone... Takes a little bit of shoulder to urge open, but it does in fact slide. And you see a, a long corridor. From your perspective, it looks like it turns off to the left about 30 feet down that way. I'll hustle up and put my back up against the corner. Okay. Peek around. There is a closed wooden door that seems much more rotted and slightly ajar. I give them some meaningless hand signal that looks <laughs> almost like I'm opening and closing a door. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just... Arvid, Ar do you know what that means? I... I think I'm supposed to get my rope out. <laughs> I've heard of this. The, the drow have hand sign. I don't know what that means, though. Um, I will take my shadow dagger and throw it at the door. See okay. if it reacts. Um, it sticks in for a little bit before it kind of topples. The wood's a little too brittle to, like, sink into. Mm -hmm. And it clutters to the ground and echoes a little bit. I give, like, a, a, a cut it, like, gesture. Don't throw things. Is something attacking you? I don't know why I'm whispering. Why am I worrying about this? I'm just going to go up to the door and open it. Right. And it just sort of swings open. And you see inside... Uh, the sandstone is covered with wooden shelves that are in various states of decay. There are some metal supports, and it looks like a kind of larder with some shelves. And there are some barrels of liquid, and some of the food on the shelf looks like it's not that old. Mm? No, no, I don't need the garbage food from ancient times. Maybe? No, I don't need it. I don't need it. You can see like an open wooden pallet with like potatoes just in it that don't seem like they're rotted. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, no. I don't need I don't need potatoes. Uh, no, but but how old do you think they are? Oh, oh I see the point. Here? See, I just assume it is magical potatoes that it will not rot. <laughs> My brain is not at the top tier. I'm going to have everyone at that point roll me a perception check. That is a 21 for Artyom. Mm, very good. 14. 8. I'm going to go with a 4. 
Artyom being the furthest into the room, inspecting these potentially magic potatoes, hears a gruff voice from the other side of the pantry where there is what looks like a more hidden door against the back wall. Yeah, I heard it too. And you hear the lurching of stone and wood as this secret door begins to slide away. The potatoes wanted magic! The potatoes wanted magic! And leaning into the room is a massive, lurching, hairy beast with huge hands and claws on the end of it. You can attempt a very desperate last-minute hide check to dive out of the way. Enthusiastically attempt to stealth. Is is the area we're in dimly lit? Oh, yes. Uh, Herothax just freezes and turns invisible when Mm. this happens. I don't suppose it. 12, does it? Uh, It's roughly a tie, so we'll see how that goes. But the figure that leans its head in that you get get a glimpse of before you dive away, uh, you expect perhaps a knoll. And you think it's that at first because it's covered in fur, but it has an almost bear-like nose and big wide ears that hang off, much taller and thicker than your standard knoll. And he's got piecemeal leather and hide armor latched onto his chest in a massive heavy club that he's dragging in his hand. He says, I saw something. I swear I did. (laughs) Something's here. I can also go invisible if it looks like everyone's hiding. I'm going to go ahead and hit myself with the shield of faith. Okay. And I'm assuming that's going to make some noticeable uh, visuals. Yes. I've got my shield and my pink prick. Okay. Hit myself with the shield of faith. Got it. And with the sound of this divine utterance, just kind of filling the echoing halls, he says, Show yourself, weapons boys! And a group of angry bugbears with weapons begin to enter the room. C to the R to the AWL. God damn, I love me a good dungeon crawl. They've always got the big three T's. Traps, trials, and treasures. Uh, You won't get me out of bed for less than two T's. Not definitely T, though. And on the edge of the Rocktar Mountains to boot, talk about a place packed with deadly secrets and potential dangers. Is it history time? (laughs) Well, history states that during the Age of Legends, the eastern coast of Alcara was filled with massive settlements of cruel god-worshipping beasts. Giants, bugbears, and gnolls made sacrifices to the lords of slaughter, slavery, torture, and war. It took a holy crusade involving knights from all of the border kingdoms that lasted almost a decade to push them back into the Rakhtars, taking their gods with them, where they remain to this day. And if interactions are any indicator, they're still not thrilled about it. Hard to believe they didn't see that one coming. Spend your whole life worshiping the god of hornets, you gotta expect to get stung. Hey, don't pray to the god of war. I wonder what shape the answer will take. Let's dive headfirst back into the subterranean structure to watch in wonder as the mortal dawn delves and discovers what's disguised in the darkness, right after this word from our sponsors. Behold the simple grape, packed with nutrients, loaded with vitamin C and K, plenty of antioxidants, good for your heart, sweet and delicious. Truly a symbol of life. But what happens when you take those precious orbs of vitality and drain them of their living essence? Draw forth the nutrients and leave behind a withered, hard husk of what once was. You get a healthy, undead snack. Raisins are delicious, sweet little fiber bombs that will last in your travel bag and keep your kids asking for more. Here at Fruit Blighters, we have all kinds of edible plant corpses robbed of all moisture, perfected with the art of necromancy magic. Dried mango, banana chips, dehydrated cherries, dead lifeless pieces of nature revitalized for your consumption. Fruit Blighters, we are raising the dead. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, 
And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, all you cuties. It's Zach. I'm here to give you a little bit of housekeeping. Um, first off, I want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. You guys are un freaking believable. And the fact that we've gotten so many new ones in the last couple weeks is truly, truly heartwarming. I can't even handle it. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's just, it's just great to see so much support. You're going to hear everybody's names at the end of this particular month, but for right now, I want to thank our legendary team, Jeff Ammons and Dave Mladenov. You guys are fantastic. I also want to thank Tori Christensen for her amazing work as editor. She's been doing a great job and really taking the responsibilities off me, which is just really exciting. Uh, I just, I just get so excited when I see all of the love and the support you guys are giving us. And it's just, it's so nice. It's so warm and so good. Next week, we will finally be putting out some episodes without audio issues. All that hiss and crackle will just be gone. It'll all sound great. I'm just very excited about it. Uh, it took a long time for us to figure out how to fix it, but it's good now. Uh, it's also just a really, really great chapter coming up, so I'm excited to have all you listen. I also just really want to take a moment and thank the team. Everyone's been doing such a great job. Uh, I especially appreciate Law for all of his unbelievable work. The commercials today are just fantastic, like they always are, and I just can't express enough appreciation to him. This whole project has been a huge delight 
delight and a source of major joy for me. And I want to thank everybody who's been a part of it and everybody who supports it. If you guys want to keep showing that support, then please, please, please get the word out there. Word of mouth is literally everything for us right now because we really don't do any advertising of ourselves. Then we have really no other vectors for spread. If you have gaming groups or, you know, events or you go to like a game night at a local bar or something like that, just, you know, just, just give them, give them a link. Just, just shoot them, shoot them towards uh, the LUQ.com or slapdashstudios.com. We've got a sampler of a bunch of our commercials on there, which are just great to listen to. We're probably going to be throwing together a compilation sometime soon of some of our best moments. And you can always point them towards like uh, League of Ultimate Questions as a starting point. It's a really good like kickoff if you want to have somebody kind of get familiar with the show. There's even like the recap at the end of it, which we're actually going to be doing another League of Ultimate Questions soon. I'm not sure how soon, but pretty soon. Uh, so go ahead and start sending us your questions. If you have anything you want to know about the show, how we do things, the characters, you can ask in-world questions from, from fictional characters if you want. Like, whatever you're interested in, we're going to do it. And most importantly, there's a chance we could change up the format for it. Hmm. I don't want to give anything away. We'll do a proper announcement soon. But until then, go ahead and send us your questions, keep giving us your love, and let's get back to the action. New third level spells. 150 drac. Divination Orb, 3,800 drac. Book of Forbidden Lore, 9,000 drac. Infinite arcane power that draws from the borders of the multiverse? Priceless. Some magic money can't buy. For everything else, there's Caster Card. So as the angry territorial bugbears begin to enter the room, weapons at the ready, we enter the initiative, starting with Arvid. Arvid will go to the door, rage, and hit the first guy with parody. Fantastic. From invisibility? Yeah, but that doesn't do anything special, does it? You have advantage, because he does not see you coming. Well, then I won't reckless attack. Haha. <laughs> it's actually really hard to not get hit when you can't see what's hitting you. <laughs> right? <laughs> it turns out. 17. I think you have a plus 7 to hit, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, dang. Then that's 19. It should be around there. So you definitely connect with the front one that's standing in the doorway, and he is taken very much off guard by this invisible axe to the upper body. Okay. Not often you catch a bugbear by surprise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's kind of their specialty. So roll of 7. 12? Yeah, you just cleave a huge chunk out of this bugbear's armor, leaving a massive wound on his chest as he roars out right when you poof become visible with a sheepish smile on your face. Would you like to stay where you are? You uh, have five feet of movement remaining. I guess I could step just inside of the door past him so that if somebody wants to hit him or no, no, I'm probably better off just hanging yeah. out right there. Blocking the door could lead to some cover issues as well. Uh, so you're currently just off to the side. That will bring us to Christ. You're just around the corner. You hear all of this happening. And as I hear all this happening, I will activate my shard hide. Mm -hmm. And for my turn, I'm going to have to move a little bit. Yeah. And my intent is to center a hypnotic pattern mm. within their uh, formation. Fantastic. You can definitely hit the four of them. Yes. So that's what I'm going to do. And oh, I believe that's a wisdom saving throw for them. Four of them to be total. Yeah. And they're kind of fucking dumb. Yeah, I was going to say bugbears, renowned for their wisdom. <laughs> I rolled really good on two of them, and their wisdom bonus is zero. So the two bugbears on the northern side of the room look up entranced by your arcane sigil floating in the air, pulling all of their attention away from the conflict at hand. The other two kind of shake their heads in determination to defend their territory, and they begin to move towards the door. 
Would you like to do anything else on your turn? That's it. Very good. So the bugbears are going to go. This one, seeing the now visible Arvid in plain view, is going to move in as far as they can without leaving your threat range as this one's dark shape replaces its presence in the door. You are getting two attacks at you as you are really the only one they can reach without moving into a dangerous situation. Uh, two Morningstar attacks. Uh, the 15. No. And another miss. So as your new mithril chainmail is paying for its weight in gold, which isn't much because it's super light, but it just <laughs> turns away these razor sharp morning stars with heavy, thick handles. Each one probably weighs 15 pounds and you just turn them off like it's nothing. Ha ha, get wrecked, scrub. The <laughs> <laughs> new party slogan. Uh, and the other ones remain in the room just standing, staring, complacent. Eyes wide, filled with the colors of your prismatic magic. That brings us to Hadwithax. Are the two bugbears, they're not within five feet of each other right now, right? They are currently more than five feet apart. Yeah, that's what I thought. They're always more than five feet away from each other. Every time. Let's just cast Shillelagh and mm-hmm. then move up and whack one. So I turn visible as I start moving. Of and course. Then I whack him. Another person emerging from the shadows. Hey, we're the ones who are supposed to be sneaking up on people. Nice. <laughs> this one has a small relationship to Storm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, actually, I'll use my quarter staff. I'll cast Green Flame Blade. It'll still do extra fire damage when Very I good. attack with it. Roll to hit. I like that. Promising. 17? 17 hits. All right. And it's going to do weapon damage plus a D8 fire. That's six total. Six total. All right. The bugbear that was in the front that you clock on the head with this glowing inferno of a staff. The hairs on its head ignite in this green flame. It looks like it tries to jump off and reach at the other one, but it falls short. But it grabs its head and roars in pain. Little birds are basically flying around its head. It's gotten several concussive blows at this point, and it is not looking good. Not at all. And that makes it Artyom's turn. So, little dubious about letting off anything big, especially since it's just a little group of chumps. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm also just a little bit reckless. So I think I'm going to go ahead and drop a flaming sphere Mm. behind the bugbear that's in the doorway. Gotcha. We'll use the spiritual weapon as a flaming sphere. Let's see here. Just want to make sure I got all my ducks in a row here. So yeah, I can put it out to 60 feet. This bad boy takes up five feet in diameter. Mm -hmm. And anybody who ends its turn in that space must make a dexterity saving throw or take 2d6 fire damage on a failed save or half on a success. Mm Mm-hmm. And as a bonus action, I can ram a bitch. Yeah, so you can pick either of the two and choose to slam them this turn. Mm -hmm. And then next turn, they'll have to start worrying about their placement. Okay. Since Daisy's going to be figuring stuff out pretty quickly, I'm going to go ahead and hit him, the one that's kind of confused. Sure. Um, He's going to take disadvantage on his deck save because he is completely bewildered by the illusion magic. Delicious. Uh, That's a one. Excellent. So big fail. That's 2d6. That's nine damage. Not bad. Bugbear 3 takes 9. It's so beautiful it burns! (laughs) Would you care to move at all? I will move up against the wall to the south and back up like 20 feet. That's it. Fantastic. Arvid, you are now toe-to-toe with two of them biggies. That's just how I want it because if that one guy in front of me is anywhere near death, mm-hmm. I may be able to chain into the other one. And he is definitely oh. somewhere near death because he's hurt real bad. I will do a reckless attack because I want it to work out. I like it very much. Critical. Uh, woo! Is that better? <laughs> Beautiful. Thank Beautiful. you. Uh, um, so yeah, that's a critical act. So you roll what you did last time, but twice, and then add five. Oh, we don't have to confirm criticals. Nope. Nope. 
crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I like not having to confirm criticals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's two. Yeah, just roll those twice. I can... Oh, cool. You got multiples. So prepared. Uh, that looks like 12 on the dice. Plus five equals super dead bugbear. You lop through his giant thick neck and just decapitate him as the black edge of parody seems to deliciously sup on his life force. And with your new feet, the follow-through allows you to pivot on your heels and bring the axe into the next bugbear. Now, question, it doesn't do the advantage on this roll because it's... No, just, you still have it. D- yeah? If, if you're using reckless attack, it applies to all of your attacks for that turn. Nice. And you can choose to have the second one use a minus five to get the extra big damage if you want to. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> cool. Minus five plus two, so that's 14. That hits exactly. Oh, woo! Very good. Nice. So you're going to roll just one of each die, but to this one you're adding 15 damage because of how your feet work. Absurd. What? It's a lot. So that's 9 plus 15. Wow. I believe that's 10. Oh, 10? Oh. Mm-hmm. 25 damage to the next one. So you not only fell the first one, but you nearly kill the second one as the axe just embeds through his sternum and all the wind is shooting out of his lungs. I'm sorry I doubted everyone. I'm really feeling this dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to Chris. These bugbears are right out of the gate in a very hot water. I kind of want to just ready a frostbolt on the next bugbear that tries to attack Arvind. Okay, that's great. Very good planning. And being their turn, it's going to do that. So you will get to move and do that very quickly. Now, if I remember correctly, it's make a wisdom saving throw, and then I do damage if he fails. This one is a ranged attack. Oh, this is frostbite. Frostbite. I get two frostbite. different spells with similar names. Understandable. Whoopsie. It's a cantrip. No worries. He's going to make a con save versus this. Yeah. I fail. Awesome. Nice. That's a six. Nice. That is solid damage. And I believe he also has disadvantage on his attack. Uh, he does, which I'm going to tell you now, because the fact that you triggered it to happen before his attack went off means that the critical he rolled is canceled out. <gasps> oh. <laughs> which is very good, because that would have been like 4d10 Ouch. damage. Yeah, that would have been. Um, <laughs> that said, it's still a hit, but it is not a critical, and that's good. You take 12 points of bludgeoning damage, reduced to 6 because you are raging. This one is going to make another wisdom save to lose his turn against the hypnotic pattern. He fails his save against Hypnotic Pattern, remaining just standing stupefied. Uh, This one took some damage, so he's going to try to move away from this ball of fire. And he's not going to be able to pass through the doorway, but he gets ready and is going to try to chuck a javelin with some disadvantage at the next person in line, which looks like Harothax. Okay. But he's got a lot of people in his way, so he's not going to be real good at it. That is a nine. Nope. That does not hit. Yeah. So it just ricochets and stabs through a couple of potatoes on the shelf behind you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and I was going to eat those potatoes. <laughs> and then he takes some damage. Uh, yes, he does. He's still within range of the fireball. So deck save to see how much. I believe so. Yep. Nope. Uh, cool. That little lovely takes 10 damage. 10 damage. Ow. After that. Okay. So these two are now both on death's door for sure. Is he out of the hypnotic pattern? Yes. He okay. got. He took some damage and let him make a save. So he's now okay. not entranced by it. So that was their turn. And that makes it Harothax. All right. Those two look like they might actually be in adjacent spaces now. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. This one's inside the door frame. Cool. We're going to hit it with a GFB. Let's see that attack roll. Nice green flame blade. Just in case. <laughs> the most bladey of staffs. That is a 17? That hits. Soundly. 2d8. So give me the total on the second d8, and that's what's going to transfer to the second one. Okay. Second d8 is the Cthulhu one. Perfect. So 12 to 1 and 5 as the carryover. 
So the staff cleaves down through this thing's fur, cracking its skull open and toppling it to the ground with your 12 damage. As the five damage leaps out, slamming this one in the face as the ball of fire slams into its back, and he is now completely ignited and rolling on the ground, screaming in horror. <laughs> so you have Graphic. quickly done a lot of work on these bugbears in just a couple of rounds. I gain 10 temporary HPs. I consume its essence. Mm, yum, yum. Radical. Artyom. I'm going to hustle my butt over to the entrance to that door. Yeah, you can make it right up to the corner where the door is. Cool. So can I see that guy? You have a shot at him. Yeah, you have a line of sight. Awesome. So first, I'm going to go ahead and have that ball of fire just slam him right in his stupid face. That is a failed deck save. Beautiful. And then I'm going to take a little shot at him with my crossbow. Is he still hypnotic patterned? He is, yes. Do I get an advantage to attack for that? I will say yes. Cool. One of them's a natural 20, though. Hey. <laughs> wow. Getting all the 20s. Let's just... see what the other one was, just in case. 12. Okay. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter. So first, give me your 2d6 for the fire damage, and then okay. we'll roll that beautiful crossbow footage. <laughs> uh, that is, and that's cock. Same exact roll. Six. Six points of fire. Okay. Neat. And then I think the crossbow is just another six, right? D6? Uh, because you create it's 2d6. Oh, right. Hey. Hey. And that's a seven plus three. That one is now also in horrible shape. And uh, at the end of the initiative, he kind of drops to his knees and rolls away from the fire and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please, I surrender. Don't murder me. Sick off your fire dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's not murder if you try to kill us first, idiot. We caught us off guard. We thought you were going to kill us. Uh, whoops. We were right. <laughs> Way to assure it. What are you doing here? Setting up camp. It's a free building. It's free real estate. <laughs> I mean, these guys are bad guys, right? I'm not like, we didn't just murder a bunch of dudes. I mean, the bugbears bug in this region are debatably a nuisance. Uh, they live in societies up in the Rita Mountains, but they pillage. They are not like super nice, but you know, they're in their territory technically. But they came at you with weapons. This one's trying to get out of this alive. So they're not a, like active war with anybody. They're not like vile entities. They're just They're dicks. not nice guys, but yeah, they stay in their area. And sometimes they raid human villages and stuff. Do I have reason to save them? That's a, that's an Ardium call. I mean, you probably haven't dealt with bugbears that much. So these might just be new surface dwellers. You're right. Too. I'm going to go ahead and slap spare the dying on his friends. Okay. Like, I mean, not the beheaded one. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But the other two are still savable. Cool. As they start to come towards it. Oh, my most of me hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one comes up to his allies and says, we're getting out of here. These guys are too tough. This stinky dungeon isn't worth it. We can find a new home. I'm sorry about your friend. He was a necessary casualty of the incident. Uh, Bugbears are ready for decapitation at the drop of a hat. <laughs> which is ten, which tends to be the result of a decapitation. <laughs> Would you say you would have wanted oh. it? Oh, that's oh. too good. <laughs> that's... Before you go, did you guys find anything while you were here? Yeah, there's a hallway full of little tiny statues, and it is trapped as hell. <laughs> trapped how? Uh, poisonous gas and blades. Okay, oh. so on the subject of poisonous gas and blades, would you happen to know how the two dead humans outside got dead? Is that what that noise was? We heard some commotion outside. Yes. Sounded like they ran away, though. I didn't find any bodies. That would have been some good eating. Well, it looked like they were bludgeoned to death, and I look at their great clubs and 
morning stars. Oh, I see how it is. Just because we carry morning stars and a couple of humans got bludgeoned to death, it's got to be the bugbears in the dungeon. <laughs> we didn't kill no humans. Not this week, anyway. They look at each other. Yeah, it's been a Can while. Can I roll insight to see yeah, if these guys are yeah, legit? Absolutely. I was going to ask the same thing. Not great. <laughs> I, I'm going to do it too. Yeah. Because I've never rolled that before. Like 108. Uh, what is my insight? Plus one. Oh, I got a seven. <laughs> I rolled a natural one, oh! so I get a total of two. This bugbear seems like he's keeping it real. <laughs> like you, you just you just spared his life. He's confessing like yeah, we kill humans pretty often, but not recently, not in this dungeon. Hmm. We wouldn't have stayed here if we thought humans were going to find it. Interesting. Wait, did you not come from this entrance? Yeah, we came through that way. Huh? Did you not think the giant boulder blocking the entrance was kind of weird? Well, we heard some stuff, but we were kind of hibernating. It's almost the fall season going into winter. Us bugbears get ready to hibernate. Eat as many potatoes as we can. Makes us a little lethargic. Probably de- why we lost the fight. You hibernate in the desert? Yeah, that's why. It's where we live. Nice, cool caves underground are ideal. Don't most bears hibernate because it's cold? I look at Arvid when I ask this. Like, that's a thing. We're right? not bears. We're bugbears. <laughs> um... I mean, we don't need anything from this room, do we? Oh, we well, just shut the door on them and... I <laughs> 100% agree with this. Yes, close the door. <laughs> oh, thanks, Mark. <laughs> and as you're leaving, like the door slowly creaks open and a big hand reaches out for the tray of potatoes and like pulls it into the room. That's okay. Heruthax closes it. dragging the dead bugbear away. So mm, Very good. So the bugbears have been dispatched with quite soundly. You said there was another exit? The other door you're aware of is back in the main room and then to the left of the other one. Okay, cool. Is there anything in this room? Just the goods that the bugbears have accumulated to eat. I just grab a potato and take a bite and uh, let's go. I do the same thing, but with the corpse. <laughs> Does anyone know how to disarm traps? I'm sure we could figure it out. It didn't seem that hard for Nibberwill. I think you send the smallest party member to run through really fast. That's what my brothers always said. Obliot. Oh, oh, Ovid. Obliot, I think that's me. <laughs> There's a crunching sound as Haruthax pulls this thing's ribs apart, starts digging around in its innards for its liver. Mm. Yum. Um, And after your grim effigy, you guys make it back to the main room and turn into the other door, which is the only other entrance you have found unchecked. And as you push this one open, it seems like it's barred a little bit, like it hasn't been opened in a little while. Maybe just the settling of the building has caused it to be difficult. So this one will require an athletics check to force open. I'm athletic. Looking at you, big boy. Roll it up. All right. (laughs) 24. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. So with your 24, you easily with one hand just slide this door open and the whole group is hit with this wave of stink Ooh. as you enter uh, what looks like a meat locker. There are hooks hanging from the ceiling. There's some more grate in the floor and there are horribly decayed corpses of desert animals hanging on hooks that are so rotted that they're almost unidentifiable. It's just skeletons with clinging gross chunks of green hanging off of them. Ugh, it's like fancy cheese. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh it smells like... Ugh. God, which what an incredible waste. Why would you ruin cheese for me? Of bodies? Yeah, look at all of them. What would you do with the bodies? At this point, Haruthax is doing their Haruspex ritual. So right as you ask, what would you do with the bodies? I like swallow a liver whole. <laughs> and in the room, you can feel the air in here is much colder, especially being that you're in the desert. Um, it's definitely almost magically cold. And there is a statue erected against the far wall that looks almost like a bipedal insect standing on its hind legs um, with demonic horns and a large spear. Kind of looks like a praying mantis, but humanoid. 
the closer you get to it, the colder the room gets. It's not like unbearably cold, but it's holding it like a solid 30 degrees. What's everyone rolling for? We want to know who the god is or oh, whatever. Well, I was rolling I for my Haruspec's ability that I get when I eat a body. We'll do so that first. My saved roll is a eight. Cool. <laughs> and I'd, I'd like to use my gift of the carrion ability as mm -hmm. well, because I'm eating a body of a, I think a bugbear's more than CR1, aren't they? They are, yeah, they're CR2. Okay. okay, so I don't have any health that I've lost yet to regain, but I will set my resistance based off this room. I'll set it to cold. Cool, very good. So you're standing in this meat locker filled with rotted hanging carcasses. The statue is in front of you, and there it curves around to the side into another corridor. Is it a monster deity? Can I roll to see if I know anything? I want to I guess things. This would things. be a religion check. Which I'm not like trained in, but I'll make a wild guess. Mentos the Freshmaker. <laughs> uh, not good. Was it, was it not Mentos? Mentos? The Freshmaker. <laughs> Praying Mentos the Freshmaker. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to nominate Sam for inspiration for that terrible fun. Yeah. <sighs> As as yeah, that's a six with a minus one. Oh boy! <laughs> you officially killed him. <laughs> as Arvid is looking around, making this this careful inspection, Haruthax uh, is going to kind of look around and go, "Well, they were smart enough to keep the meat in the cold room, but they really need to get Bonarek Axe Breaker in here to do some renovations because this is obviously not working." <laughs> And for, for all you know, Arvid, that this is in fact in, in your Arvid-like mind, you're constructing this fake mythos already of praying Mentos the Freshmaker. <laughs> um, you feel like you maybe heard that somewhere, yeah. but who yeah, knows? Yeah, right. You're not religious oh. or historic, so. Yep. Yeah, no idea what that represents, but it's definitely emitting cold. I guess I'm going to try maybe a history check, maybe Arcana, whatever makes sense. To Arcana get... is... is pretty on brand with what we need here all right let's do some arcana oh come on be good that was a 14 plus 5 for a 19 19 is good uh you recognize this it's a fairly iconic it's a carving of an ice devil an ice devil mm -hmm. they're a, a foot soldier in the legions of hell but they tend to have a lot of icy cold powers they like to freeze things and watch their bodies rot in the cold they're from stygia oh, mm -hmm. oh my um yeah it's an ice devil this is a nice devil. There's a difference between devils and demons. Huge. Never ever call a devil a demon. Yeah, you. It is a huge social faux pas. Oh. I generally don't <laughs> call devils or demons. Uh, you're, really, all. you're missing out. They can. I mean. Wait, Horathax. Yeah, please tell me what's the difference. I don't. I don't know. While they're doing that, um, I'm gonna go ahead and cast a nice juicy burning hands on the statue. Absolutely. Uh, just go ahead and roll me the damage. I believe it's 3d6. It's not going to roll a save. Uh, eight. All right. After the arcing fire engulfs it, scorching some of the rotted meat on each side of it, uh, you look as the flame dissipates and it's almost completely melted. Good. The room starts to slowly get a little warmer. Good. I just wanted to make sure. Look, I can't let the visage of a demon or devil or whatever the hell it was be sitting here completely unharmed. So there's one corridor leading out of this room that is unexplored. That's the one that was trapped to hell, right? Very likely. Mm -hmm. Were there any barrels in the larder? Yeah, there was some barrels of water and wine. Okay. I heard that will be like, wait, I have an idea. Hang on. And I, I go to the larder and I grab a, a barrel of water, probably. And I, I roll it up to the hallway and I go, here, and just push this down the hallway. 
It's heavy enough. It should trigger any pressure plates or anything. Oh, very smart. Not a bad idea. Just give it a shove. All right, so you turn the corner to see what's around it, and the ceiling and the walls and the farthest wall are all covered with huge, snarling knoll faces. Every inch of the walls is carved with their massive teeth and their eyes pointing inward towards the hallway, pointing upward from the floor. It starts about five feet from where the corridor rounds from the cold locker. Roll me a perception check as you're glancing down the hall. Okie dokie. Three. Uh, you see just all the statues leading up, and it looks like the one at the far end is kind of carved to be a door that could okay. probably be opened. And did you say there are teeth sticking up out of the floor? Yeah, it's like an embossment that carves out. You could walk around it and stand on top of okay. it, but they're but the definitely barrel pointy. probably wouldn't roll down It would take some force. Okay. Well, I'll like look at that and i go, Arvid, it's going to need more force than I can give it. <sighs> Pretend you're bowling. <laughs> all right. So roll me an athletics check to see how well you hurl this barrel along the floor of this hallway. I should get advantage because we do curling. No, I'm, I'm, that's a joke. <laughs> no, I bet bowling's a real sport. <clears throat> oh, that was going to be a 19, but it hit three. Um, oh. And that makes it a total of like eight or something. Oh, for sure. But as you are also looking down the hallway, roll me a perception check, oh, cool. please. 14. So the rolling doesn't go so well, but you do notice something as you're doing it. All of the statue faces are almost identical in every way. But the one at the far end of the hallway, one of its eyes is carved into a pale white stone. Um, And it's the only one different than any of the other eyes. As you roll the barrel down, it tips and topples a few times. And once it gets about 10 feet down the hall, these teeth begin gnashing and just ripping it to tiny pieces. And this cloud of green starts to fill the hallway from the statues on the side. And it looks like it's starting to melt away and corrode the wood. Oh, okay. Not so good on that barrel rolling. It does look dangerous in there. Haru, can you see that down the way? What is, is that like a, like a oyster pearl? What is that? I'm shocked that a barrel roll did not get us out of this situation. <laughs> I mean, it got us out of being where the barrel is right now. But yeah, once it's pointed out by Arvid, anyone who looks can identify that the eye of this knoll at the far end in the statue is different make than the rest of the hallway. Anybody can tell it's a fire opal. God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Chris, very curious about what the hell's going on, just walks over. He's like, oh, what? Oyster Pearl? Oh. Hmm. And then he's going to just thunderstep over there. Okay. Um, Yeah. Right, right next to us. Yeah, the whole party <laughs> takes thunder damage. You can choose to not harm people. Let me just bah! Well, I can take actually one of us with us. Would anyone like to go get a better look at that thing? You should take me because I'll protect you. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna take Arvid, and we're, we're gonna just step on over there. Thunder waltz all over there. Thunder waltz. Yes, I'm gonna hunker down, put my shield down on the ground, and I'm gonna uh, put my crossbow over it and just be ready. <laughs> there's still a moment where like your cloaks and hair of the two of you that have hair uh, just get thrown back as this thunderous boom emits from where Christ was just standing and Arvid and Christ are now at the end of the hallway past the floor statues standing immediately next to this one that looks like a door with a white eye now what is this um, roll me an investigate please alright alright if you see a lever or something the use your best judgment <laughs> <laughs> that is a 17 you notice with a close inspection that the white eye looks like it is something that can be depressed into the stone. It is not a 3D part of a statue, but a separate mechanism. There's a thing that oyster pearl can be pressed. Just be prepared. Push uh, it. <laughs> well, uh, Master Arvid, would, would you like to do the honors? Boop. 
<laughs> poke. <laughs> um, and it fairly easily slides into the stone. And with that, you see all of the mouths of the statues click shut. And whatever threat was present seems to be no longer there as far as the traps go. Pick my shield up and slowly proceed down the hall. Mm -hmm. And with the uh, depression of the button, it also starts to slowly open the door at the far end, leading to a staircase descending downward. You all advance through the hallway, safely having disarmed the traps and uh, meet at the top of these stairs. Chris, that was brilliant. Thank you. (laughs) I had fun. (laughs) The smell of blood once again fills the air, this time not as rotten. All right. Hmm. Say so we just go. Yes, let's go. Onward. All right. As you descend into the lower quarters, it is one large solid room. The floors and ceilings are of a very dark carved stone, no longer made of the pale sandstone from up above. There is a very obvious huge statue of this knoll wielding a whip in each hand that seems to be emerging from a pool of blood. Uh, You look above the statue and there is a grate in the floor, probably where that throne room was, leading down into the pool. Along the walls, there are several pointed, jagged, nasty-looking pedestals with objects sitting on top of them. There's some weapon racks against the far walls, and there's a few tapestries hanging from the walls around the room. Uh, Some of them look like they're made out of preserved flesh. I don't like this. Cool. Haruthax like looks around and nods and goes, yep, yep, Artyom was right. Definitely cursed items. Definitely cursed. Oh, boy. Well, but it looks like there's a lot of other stuff down here, too. So I kind of got a different prepare list for this whole like dungeon situation. So mm-hmm. can I go ahead and ritual cast uh, detect magic? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, you're detecting some magic from several objects around the room. On the weapons rack, there's a couple of swords that look like they are unrusted, whereas the other ones are completely aged with time. Um, It looks like one of the pedestals has both uh, a potion and a pair of scrolls on each side of it. Um, One of the opposite pedestals also has a singular potion in a stone bottle. Uh, There is also a myriad of other objects mixed around. There's some gold scattered around the fountain. Uh, There is a suit of leather, studded leather armor with animals carved into it looks like lions and raptors as in birds um and like large felines <laughs> can we do some uh investigation to make sure that none of these pedestals are trapped who would like to roll me the investigate i will i'm you go i mean you can assist and then i get advantage right yeah okay we're gonna use some luck much better that's a 22 right so you don't find what looks like any kind of mechanical traps or anything and the detecting of magic doesn't seem to signify that anything as far as the pedestals are trapped but there is a lot of magic coming off of the items and a little bit coming from the fountain and one of the tapestries excellent Uh, there's also a coiled barb ring on one of the altars Uh, you realize part of that altar is a staff uh, Mm. made of wood on one of the singular altars there is a statue of a black swan carved out of obsidian sitting on top of it Let's say we just simply grab it all and divvy it up later. Yeah, I'll say it now. I can bestow curses. I can't lift them. So. Yes. uh, And you hear a voice echo from the top of the stairs being like, well, wait your turn. The agreement was that we got to choose the first. Five Drax. Five Drax. Someone (laughs) owes me five Drax. I point my crossbow at them. (laughs) Okay. When you make a promise to us, you keep it. Civilians are not allowed in a league quest in this manner. We get you when we are ready to have you. We saw some bugbears leave and we assumed everything was safe. Did you know? 
Yes, that's why we're here. Besides, you also agreed to let us choose first. That was part of the mission. We were going to grab everything, bring it up to you to a safe place where you would then get to make your choices. Everything's fine now. Don't worry about it. Well, then maybe we should let them uh, be our little guinea pigs. <clears throat> I support not, this idea. I'm not going to willingly allow them to potentially give themselves a curse. Hmm. I'd slowly lower my crossbow. <laughs> she doesn't seem that concerned by it. She has a little too much confidence, perhaps. Hmm. I'm pretty curious about this ring and staff. Uh, I think I'll take a closer look. Sure. Nice. Um, they're both just pulsing with magic. It would require some either attunement or identification to ascertain what they do, hmm. but they're both fairly powerful. Hmm. Um, and they're just kind of wandering around the moon, moving very carefully. Desmond kind of moves towards the pool. He's like, don't be stupid. Don't get close to that thing. He says, no, sorry. He's like, well, that, that tapestry, it's perfect. Father would love it. He trades in textiles. What more would he desire than a beautiful tapestry like this? We must be very careful. It's best you do not handle this. Oh, that's fair. Uh, would one of you care to help us get it down? Arvid's very tall. I am. Uh, yeah, I'll help him. Um, so as you pull it down, it just kind of latched onto hooks. You realize as you lower this one, it's definitely made out of stitched flesh that's been woven together. A uh, little shiver and goosebumps, but besides that, oh, here you go. And as you hand it out, they take it in their hands and say, Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. I've never seen anything so radiant. Absolutely. I have to agree, Delilah. This is one of the... Father is going to absolutely love this. Yes, Father is going to be most pleased. Well, we won't waste any time. We told you we were getting something for our father, and that's our first priority, so if you don't mind. Um, And she slowly holds it up to her mouth and starts to chew on the flesh of the tapestry as Desmond does the same. What are you two doing? And the blood inside of the altar starts to bubble. Yep, I was going to ask, do we or don't we tell them it's flesh? I think we found the first cur- cursed item. Oh, boy. Mm. Oh, that's absolutely delicious. Mm. Oh, yes. Mm. That's not a gift for your dad. Oh, it most certainly is. I think they are not what they claim to be. And, uh, my my crossbow is right back up on them. All right. They seem to be absolutely entranced with the consumption of this tapestry. I, hmm. Should I dispel yeah, you're more than welcome to drop a dispel magic, especially with some horrific thing like two nobles eating a tapestry. Of yeah, flesh. yeah. <laughs> then I'm gonna dispel the magic. Show me who you really are. Roll me a d20. That's a 16 plus a something else, I assume. Oh, seven, I believe. Yes. That is more than enough. They were the ravening elder god this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so where uh, Desmond and Delilah were standing, you see two huge hunchbacked, horned protruding from their fur, tiny uh, barbs, massive, miscolored knolls. They look almost infernal in nature. Yes, Father will be most pleased when we consume the tapestry. Yes. Just snarling and chomping. Chris is just going to look like every party member in the eye and just like... I'm just holding my crossbow at them and kind of just annoyedly shaking my head. Yep. I do not seem combative. Oh. He's very clearly not combative. Interesting. Mm. So sorry to have mm, worn the skin of those idiots. If you hurry, you might still save them in time. What do you mean? Everybody gather everything you can. I'm going to go help them. Let's go. Yes. I'm getting the ring and staff. Let's go. Yeah, I'm just going to book it. So the group makes their way out of the dungeon as quickly as they can. And as you move to the entrance, there's no one there waiting for you. I'm full sprinting towards the bodies, or towards the graves, I guess. Got it. Yes, of course. So you return as quickly as you can the short trip back to Pradane. 
Our Ruth Axe definitely pushes the button when we get to the top of the stairs. <laughs> Got it. Nice. Um, it makes it difficult because you have to pass through the hallway after you come out that side. I'm going to wait till everyone goes through and then thunderstep after pushing the button. Perfect. You reactivate the traps before you leave the dungeon. And you all make it back to Perdane as quickly as you can. And there are two abandoned, freshly dug graves. I have nothing I can do that, that, that will help me dig these up. Morty, Does anybody dig. have any spells? Um, I think magic might be the way, better way to go. Uh, I can try to turn the sand into the glass with fire and Arvid can shatter it. Yes, and cook them from inside their own graves? I, I don't know. Heruthax casts Infestation. Can mm-hmm. I just summon a swarm of scarab beetles to just pull both bodies to the surface? Um, you can't quite summon that many, but you can definitely help have the scarabs help digging in to make the sand start to like cave on itself. Okay, I'll do and that. Morty with both paws just pushing sand out as quickly as you can. And in uh, not too much time, you realize these graves aren't nearly as deep as you would have thought. But you do quickly hit two very well-constructed, reinforced wooden caskets with the lids latched on. And from inside, you hear this. I just bust that thing open as fast as I can. Yeah. With the combination of weapons and strength, you manage to break the hatches and pull it open. And you see an absolutely, like, pale-skinned, slightly emaciated Desmond (laughs) coughing up sand and dust. God, who's there? Where are we? It is the mortal dawn. Oh my gosh, Delilah, Where, where's Delilah? And with that, the other two of you are breaking open yeah. the second one, and she coughs out some sand, and a couple of scarabs climb out, a scorpion scampering away from her feet inside of the box. And she says, oh, I can breathe, I can breathe. Where are we? Is this, is this Alcara? What, what happened? It is a complicated story, but suffice to say, somebody stole your visage and used it to trick us into a quest. Oh my god. Desmond, are you alright? I'm Delilah. And they embrace each other there outside of the camp in a big hug. And they say, well, it's absolutely sp- splendid to see you all. Sorry it's in these these happenings. I don't know what, who pretended they were us, but we would never try to deceive you like that. I understand. I'm so sorry. I don't think it matters. I think we should get you guys home safe. Yes. And they're looking around and be like, why... Some of my father's workers are here. Mr. Hendrickson. They must have been playing quite the long con, I suppose. Hmm. Who was it? Wizards? Sorcerers? Knowles. Knowles? How could Knowles pass for me or Desmond? That doesn't make any sense. I would assume some kind of illusory magic. Oh dear. Well, as always, as it seems to have been since our last two meetings, uh, thank you, we're in your debt. Sooner or later, we might have to have this debt be settled. And with a shocking turn of events, it turns out the quest givers got the old switcheroo from a pair of nasty null nightmares. Thankfully, the mortal Don got back in time to save the entombed twins from a dark demise. Those two powdery doofs sure seem to rear their white-wigged walnuts in the MD's resume an awful lot. Never much been keen in these kinds of inbred nobles, but nobody, and I mean nobody, deserves a six-foot-deep hotbox. And I just about tossed my cookies in those two degenerates in disguise started wolfing down that flush tapestry like a foot-long Andesian cheesesteak. It was a rather uncomfortable scene to spectate, Storm. How'd you think a dungeoneer dried flesh blanket even tastes? I bet it's like eating a pigeon stew out of your grandma's slipper. That's very imaginative, Storm. Like bolting down a casserole made of sunburned peelings and dust. Okay, that's probably enough. I bet it tastes like uh, gnawing on a mortuary washcloth rubbed with copper coins and spilled milk. Or, uh, or maybe, uh... Whoops, I seem to have unplugged your mic on accident. 
Well, we'll get the tech crew on that right away, but be sure to join us next time for more heart-pumping, dungeon-delving, beast-battling action on the League of Ultimate Questing. Man, that was a fun one. Uh, e, ooh, uh, okay. Those just, are the vowels. I was just, <laughs> and sometimes yeah. <laughs> and sometimes yeet. Yeet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oof, and sometimes yeet. <laughs> That's good. So that was a fantastic episode, everybody. I am Sam Frost, and I play Arvid Ulfmund, the barbarian slash druid. I'm Michael Loving. I play Haruthax, the now level six Dragonborn Warlock. Uh, I'm Alante, and I play Christ, the Crystalline Sorcerer, who is also level six. I am Zach. I play Artyom Volkov, everybody's favorite Russian dad. Um, I am also the technical <laughs> director, producer, and sometimes editor for Slapdash Studios. My name is Law. I'm the Dungeon Master of the League of Ultimate Questing and Creative Director of Slapdash Studios. We thank you, of course, for listening. We have our new episodes come out every Monday, and we have bonus content every Friday. Look for us on social... <laughs> Keep your peepers out on social media. We've got Twitter and Instagram at Slap the Dash. Facebook, it's just Slapdash there. And our own personal website www.slapdashstudios.com or just slapdashstudios.com if this isn't the 90s https colon forward slash forward slash good god yes and there we have links to our patreon which you know like if you just put a dollar on like if everyone just put a dollar if everybody if every single listener put it one dollar we would basically be totally fine we would do great please put it a dollar that would be very kind if you could. All right. So put them dollars. Uh, <laughs> we've also got uh, on the website some world lore and photos. There's Law and Zach's other piece, D20 questions. We've got fancy, fancy nerd guests. I don't know a whole lot about all the nerd guests, but it sounds like there were some pretty high profile ones. There were. <laughs> and uh, on our Patreon, we also have the character sheets, um, maps, stats on the magic items and extra podcast pieces you can listen to so uh that's the entire blurb i got the entire thing out everyone's proud of me <laughs> did it <laughs> yeah beautiful <laughs> somebody cut out all those ums please and we uh i don't know that i'm going to <laughs> <laughs> um thanks again all you cuties and we wish you luck yeah that's the entire blurb. I got the entire thing out. Everyone's proud of me. <laughs> Did it. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> um, somebody cut out all those ums, please. And we... Uh... I don't know that I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I might actually super cut just the ums and then play at the end. Can I make a remix out of just... And sometimes eat. It was me, Samantha, the whole time. <laughs> Law doing. Um, um, so, uh, uh, um, all right, and uh, um, uh, on social media, uh, 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 and uh, <laughs> we've also got uh, some, uh, 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 well, uh, the, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, um, uh.
and uh, so uh, um, and we uh, oh, that's the entire blurb. I got the entire thing out. Everyone's proud of me. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> um, 